Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A very warm welcome to the Live Land this Monday. It is the 8th of March on Bill Bars and as always joined by Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood. Gentlemen, have we recovered? Do you know what I very rarely say Watch this? Up. I very rarely say this, Bill Bars. However, I think it's only fair to give the first word to the Godfather. <laughs> This weekend, after this weekend, that's just gone. God, the floor is yours, my friend. You've been waiting for this for two and a bit years. It's finally happened. He is back in the winner's circle. Where the man belongs. Some respect on his name. Finally, the boy comes through. You know what? He comes through without even being threatened once, didn't he? He was superb. Close anyone got to him was Ryan Joyce, and he was never in trouble in that one either, let's be honest. Um, tell you what, I was struggling a bit. Weekend yeah. is, is a long slog at the UK you know Open. What? I, but I Farsi, saying... that new intro music, mate. Oh, I was vibing along like, boy, Monday with Wadey winning. Oh, let's start. <laughs> I get the football. I'm all over this. <laughs> well, I was going to say. Right, I tell you what, I, I tell you what I've missed more than anything off the back of this weekend is the fact that normally I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an insight to this now, viewer and listener as well. Right, that on a, on, on the Friday the UK Open is normally absolutely mental for us as covering it, as you probably saw or if you did check out any of it on the stream. The Saturday night normally is when certainly Gob and I go and have a couple of drinks with the punters. Philip sometimes tags along. Sometimes, if he can, if, you know, if he hasn't got too much work to do, he'll sometimes tag along. And I missed that this weekend. I said that to Gob on the, on the, on the pods this weekend. I said, I, I just wanted a really terrible Queen act just to go and have a bit, have a side uh, listening to. Why wasn't I, why couldn't I have had that? You know, but it's bad. If you want, if you want a bit of karaoke, just ask. Well, oh, no, I, I, want, I want. I want a bad. I want a. Yeah. Well, I, well, exactly. I want a bad Queen act. That's what I want. But you know, I, as Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want. So, um, James, it says uh, turn the volume up a bit, lads. You are very quiet, even on max volume for me. Barzi, have you got the audio sorted, mate? Uh, to be fair, obviously, I'll oh, turn no. it down a little bit because the intro music was a little bit loud. I realised, but I've turned it back up now, so that should be a little bit better. Marvelous. Excellent. Marvellous. I think next thing to do is say hello to everybody in the chat while we're there. So, yes, Tottenham I was going to say. Three, four, you. Commiserations. Cam, hello, mate. Thanks for all your work this weekend. Dennis, good evening. Juanita, you're back. Didn't see you on Saturday for as long as I thought. Gina, um, man, Gob, no doubt happy. That's unfortunate. Lol. Good evening. And congrats to Gob. Uh, good evening, gents. Gob, you had a few quid on the machine. Do you know what? I did, actually. But not from the start. Um, Jar did. Jar was on it from what? the very start. 
Uh, I got on what it. What did uh, I tell after... you? What did I tell you when we oh, had our Thursday planning meeting? I got on what it. What did I tell um, you? Saturday afternoon, I think, after I'd won the Acker. So I took an Acker in the opening round, uh, seven, eightfold, uh, won the sevenfold uh, because um, Steve Brown didn't turn up, and that was one of them. I'd got ways to be Steve Brown as well. So that's a sevenfold for about 50 quid. Uh, and then chucked a tenner on Wadey at 14s after he'd come through Clemens, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, work that one out for yourself, guys. <laughs> right, again, we're just going to share a few links on social media, Facebook, Twitter. If you see it, please share it so everyone else can see that we are live as well. But first of all, I just want to thank you all in the chat room as well, because you were all here over the weekend an absolute session with us here at Online Darts. We loved every single minute of it. However, I did enjoy the live this morning. I'm not going to lie. It was it was a tough, busy, but fantastic weekend. I'm sure you agree, guys. Speak for yourself, mate. Some of us had to get up and do our proper jobs this morning. I'm just glad the box was off. 6.30 for me. It was a lovely time, that. Yeah. Well, I've got class in the morning after. as well. Just no rest for the wicked here. No rest for the wicked. <laughs> um, but obviously, we'll we'll come on to to, to in, in in due course. But we'll start somewhere near the beginning. We're not going to go through it all because we'll be here till the very early hours. Simply not time to do that. But we'll we'll take the big talking points from the Friday first, and I suppose. If, most interesting, fascinating one, now he's obviously spoken about it, was Steve Brown being timed out. Now, do, do, do we believe his story? Because he said he was practising away and whatever. I can't help but think he was watching John and got lost in that. Look, we're not blaming him for that, obviously, because he's, it's his boy. But I can't help but think he was more engrossed in that. Um... I don't know. Either way, he wasn't there, and it's absolutely rookie central from a man that's been around in the PDC for a long, long time and actually runs these sort of things for a living. He knows the rules better than anybody. You're not at your board on time. Yeah. Yeah, it was un it, it was unfortunate, but like we say, this, this happens. Um, what else? Oh, a lot of people were asking about the Danny Baggish incident. Now, I've actually spoken to the man himself about what happened, the scenario X, Y, and Z. The graphic was wrong. He had 65 left. The, the planned MO was 25 for tops. He hit the ball and obviously the spotter all got lost um, and, and whatever, but he did miss one dart at double four. Was the... The, the, the end story. He said nothing to do with George or anything like that. The graphic that we were all watching was wrong. So just to clear that one up, to know a lot of people in the chat room were, were all asking about that and, and everything as well. And I, I spoke to him today and it was, the, the, the score was correct. And that tees up that one. Anything else from the Friday that stands out, guys, that I think we should go over Lisa. before we delve into Oh, of course. Lisa, on as it is, International Women's Day, National Women's Day today, but we're going to talk oh, about 
the highest ever recorded average on television by a female player. I thought she was superb against Arabini. She was one of the ones that was in that acker on the opening day. I just had that feeling that she's been threatening a win on TV for a long, long time. And I think a lot of her ability has been overshadowed by the success that Fallon had first time round at the World Championships. Obviously, that was the massive story. But in terms of achievements in the game of darts, Lisa outranks Fallon at the minute. And that's another bow in her cap now that I think she can push on. Yeah, no, look, she, she she played really, really well. And, then, and I, I said it on Twitter, it was one way traffic from her. She absolutely battered Aaron Beanie into submission. Don't think anyone will, will disagree <laughs> with, with, with that one. Again, one, one of the big disappointments, don't get me wrong, it was against one of our, our players, so we can't ring. But Damon Heller, big disappointment from Yossi this weekend. Don't say that too loudly. Yes, we're using the chat room now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't get going. I don't know what it was because it's very rare that we see that from Hatter. I mean, people were saying of a potential Damon Hatter versus James Wade final in this event, and you know, I said there was no chance of that. I thought one would get through. And by the way, I was the last man standing in our picks. Uh, I had a James Wade Michael Van Gerwen final, so nearly got there. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there now. Um, but the deal, the deal with this about with Hatter is that he just didn't. He just didn't get going. And that's the and that's the God's honest truth, and it happens, especially when you're playing that short format. Um, look, you, you can't. There are moments where sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And there we go. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. It was just <laughs> where he set such high standards, we expect more from him. Is is the thing because his standards have been so good. Um, couple of questions yeah, already. We do that about a lot of the field. To be fair, just before you move on, like. The entire field can't be good all of the time. They're going to get these slumps. So I, th- I think we allow him one off. I suppose he's had two bad ones because he had a stinker at the World Championships as well. But he's won a televised PDC event. So he's one player I'm not too concerned about. I had a couple of messages going. Um, I'm seeing a few comments saying that Damon's the new Ian White. He's lost twice on TV at two big events in the first round. That's it. Give the man a break. He's won a TV event. It's way too early to be comparing that when you've got the likes of Michael Smith that's not got over the line, Dave Chisnell that's not got over the line, and Ian White himself. Yeah, let's let's not go with them comparisons just yet on Damon Hatter. It was still less than 18 months into his PDC career. Oh, 100%. Um, and Renita says, did you read his piece on Twitter? Yes, I did. And, he, and Damon's one that is so, so good on Twitter. Heart on his sleeve when he plays and heart on his sleeve on his social media. So, yeah, it was it was very, very good. Um, some amazing questions coming in the chat room about tour cards and everything like that. Don't worry. We'll answer them in due course when we come on to the bit at the end, so don't panic. Um, Callum is in the house, as always. Good evening. Um, I'm going to call you Mr. Callum, Spider-Man mate. now after you start. And also, Callum, mate, you, you could have not beaten one of our lads, could you? Bloody hell. Ross Smith wearing wearing the uh, wearing the wearing the wearing the badge, beautiful scenes on stage two. Didn't you had to go and knock him out at stage one. You had to go and knock him out, didn't you? Ridiculous. That, well played, mate. That, Unfortunate. That, that, I, I had that was a good game. Good game. That I really enjoyed that, watching that on stage two. That was one of the um, 
I'll, I'll come on to your comment in a minute, Callan. It's just popped up. That's funny as. But the um, the <laughs> not even the best player on the street. The, the, the <laughs> Ritz game <laughs> was, was one of the best games of, of the Friday. Loved every minute of that. It was such a good game. Um, but yeah. it's um, it, it's all good. Um, again, we'll touch on them in a second. But that was it, right? We're gonna we're gonna move on from. We're gonna go to quarterfinals because it's easier to. To, to, to deal with from from there. Do we agree, gents? I'm just turning off these a second. Obviously, we'll get loads of graphics at the same time. Yeah, I think so. And we I covered a pronounced on two daily pods before the quarter, so it's just the final day that we haven't actually done a deep dive into, to use my professional... Yeah, hands. 100%. 100%. Someone's been reading the NFL.com website recently. <laughs> I, I, I work with commercial salesmen, mate. Deep dives is all they want to do. Like, <laughs> Fair. Fair so quarterfinals: what Simon Whitlock against James Wade, Gerwin Price against Devin Peterson, Dave Chisnell against Luke Humphreys, and Christoph Rataski against Michael Van Gerwen. What's the matter, Jar? Just, I want to, I want to. Uh, basically caveat what Gob said at the start of the show when you talked about the fact that he was never in any trouble, Wadey. Did you watch that quarterfinal, mate? Yeah. Oh, Whit- Whitlock Proving blew it, mate. Whitlock blew that game. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. He, he, Did, he bombed need, that game. Didn't need that one four seven or 5 straight legs at all, mate. Don't worry about that. He was never in any trouble. <laughs> Whitlock bombed that game, mate. <laughs> Whitlock handed Wadey that win and you know he did. No, I'm good for him. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, look, look. Uh, it, was, it was a good game, but but Whitlock, yeah. Whitlock had went, went eight five up, but then he was in that position where he could have won the sixteenth leg, would have been ninety nine five, and then could sorry the fourteenth leg, and then would have been the fifteenth leg, and would have won it ten five. He had chances to win both those legs. He blew those chances, and then as soon as Wadey hit the one four seven, I called it. I went, "That's game." I called it on the blog. Called it to you guys. I went that one four seven is the game changer. That's it. Yeah, and to be fair, Callan, you are right. And Gob did admit that he did say Wadey was in trouble against Joyce. He said that was the only time yes. he was in trouble. But we were, that was we, we, we had just that. a sheer exhibition how to hold your throw. I remember watching that one actually on the stream. I yeah. think it wasn't. That was superb. And John even makes a very good point in the chat room. John makes a good point in the chat room. It's the fact that I think it was the 8 5, John, if memory serves me correctly. I've got it written down here somewhere. I think it might have been 4 9 5. That he went for the 170, he went for the fish. When he already yeah, went so with Wade, not on a finish. Just dumb. Yeah. Dumb board management. That's as simple and as plain as that. And you, God, you called out a lot of players. Well, you can call players identical, you know, identical, you know, by, by name. On it, but you were saying that the ball management from some players this weekend just wasn't good. Not the the amount of times I saw players scoring fifty nine or one three nine. I get the one seven seven and ninety seven is a perfect setup, but you shouldn't be going for that nineteen segment. It's seventeens all the way. Yeah, one hundred percent. And Harry says in the chat room as well, Whitlock's one eighty hitting. He's taken it to another level for the last six months. It's ridiculous. The man is like just turning into a 180 machine all of a sudden. Yeah. 
Um, I've got. Uh, do you know the thing about for me about Whitlock is that if he doesn't, if he can just keep his head together <laughs> on the big finishes. <laughs> Sorry, we'll come on. I'm sure you can see it all in the chat room. We'll come on to people who are listening to the pod in a second. Um, but if Whitlock, right? If Whitlock <laughs> can just keep his head together on the big doubles, I reckon he. I reckon he's got half a shot of winning a TV title this year. He's playing too good not to be. For me, yeah, no, I, I think Whitlock is going to be in and around. Um, we're also we're all, we're all laughing at Callum's question in the chat room. We'll come on to that in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I think Whitlock, the form he's in, is going to be a danger around all tournaments, whether it's pro tour, TV, Euro tour. He's just insane. But we're not talking about the wizard. We're talking about the machine. And he dodged some bullets, but he booked a place in the semi-final with some some great finishing. Um, so we'll come on to that. And Callum wants to know how many EDC tiles has Dovey won? I've forgotten. I was <laughs> <laughs> just saying, but the Newcastle WhatsApp chat was going, was buzzing at that moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, in the chat room, you've all been absolutely immense. Keep them all coming. Second one. This, this was an intriguing game. Um, the world champion... The world number one, the Iceman Gellerin Price against Devin Peterson. It went to the last leg and they, and they both gave it everything. And this could have gone either way, Jar. Yeah, it could. Look, the, the big the big thing for me, I thought, was I think Peterson, if memory says me correctly, I'm just trying to just go, go through dark, uh, live darts data. By the way, anybody who uses live darts data, that'll be funny. How bad was it this weekend? I don't know what was going on, but it was an absolute mess. Um, that, 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 that's the first thing I'm going to say, right? But I, I, if Murray says it correctly, I'm just going to go double check it on the blog. I think that I think that Devin missed a chance at 3 uh, 0, at if Murray says it correctly. Let's have a quick look at this. So, yeah, I, so. so my point, definitely early my, my on. point is this. Block. Rapid. Yeah, yeah he, he got out the block rapid. He got the 2-0. I think it actually might have been for 6-4, actually, to go to 7-4, actually. That was, that was what I was thinking of. And because because we got to we got to the second break and Peterson hold, and that was the 6-4. Peterson had a shot at a 109 on a double 16, and it would have got him a double break of throw. At 7-4, I reckon the world champion's in trouble, and we saw that in finishing in the semifinals, which we'll come on to a bit. Dev played some really good stuff. Like, like um, there's no doubt that he played some some really really good stuff. But it was just a big checkout. Just didn't work in the big moments. And Gerwin Price's ability on a last leg decider. We talked about Michael Van Gerwen's great record. Price is up there. An eleven data. Sorry, a twelve data. Um, you know, leaving tops after twelve. It on throw. That's very very good. Yeah. No, it, it was, and it was nice to see Dev back to somewhere near the form we saw him last autumn. He openly admitted in his in- interview, I think it was on Saturday, that the wrist injury was a bigger concern than, than what he was letting on and everything like that. But he's had time to heal um, and it and it looks really, really good again. So good signs for Peterson. But and it, it was the interview with them both was nice afterwards as well. Um, the Dev, Dev knows he played well and he couldn't have done a lot more. Yes, little bits here and there. But it was the world champion who goes through. Third up, this was an absolute belter. Luke Humphreys beat Dave Chisnell in a last leg decider and got this match went one way 
then the next. Humphreys thought he'd won it. Then he went off the boil. Chisnell come back and was in front. And Humphreys produced two legs at the end of genuinely world-class darts. Oh, yeah. The way that Luke clung into the game and then turned it around in the last minute was ridiculously good. He's, he's one of them players, and it's incredibly difficult to explain why. But you put him in front of a TV camera, and he just raises his level consistently. You don't make two World Championship quarterfinals without being able to do that. He's gone on to make the final here as well. The, the talent he has is ridiculous. The self-belief that he has is ridiculous. Um, and things can only keep improving for him. I think he will be a contender for years to come if he can keep steadily upping that performance. And just since David Curtis comments as well, fair play to Luke Humphreys on the performance and his weight loss. He looked fantastic as well. He's another player that has really realised that you can't go around looking like John Park and Bill Taylor in 2004 anymore. There's more to this tour now. There's more to the progression of this. Darts is a major sport in which to be fit all year round and keep your form, you have to put yourself in the best position for it. Yeah, 100%. And it was just, just kudos. And just off that, Paul Chizzy in the chat room says, will Chiz Chizzy ever win a major? Too good, not too surely. I'm not convinced, and I, I and not it's not down to ability, because when he's on, he's on. My my concern for Chizzy has always been the action. That even back to the BDO days, under pressure, the action breaks down. That that snatch becomes ridiculous under pressure. Do you know actually? Because it's the first time uh, over the last couple of years, obviously moving to to OD rather than in the previous show that Gob and I did. <clears throat> it's I wasn't as an an anaraki in comparison to the actions as you two are, but I've started to watch the actions quite well. I'm nowhere near the experts you two are in comes to looking at the actions of, of players, but even I can tell that Chizzy's action just doesn't stand up. It, it, the one for me is when he throws it and he tries to correct it in the air. Like, yeah, you surely should know when you're going to... Yeah, literally, you just like, surely you should know where the dart feels good with the dart strong because sometimes he doesn't correct it. Sometimes he goes that way. Sometimes he goes that way. He's doing more hand tricks than a magician. And that's my problem with him at the moment in time. Like, if he corrects that, then I think he's got half a chance. But like you say, we saw when he was on it against MBG in the World Championship, in the recent World Championships, the next day, he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo, really, on the doubles. That's the, oh, yeah. that's the thing about Chizzy. When it's on, it'll beat anyone because the way he scores. But it's just under pressure. I, 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 I really, really worry. Um, but It's all up there. It's all up there. Sure. The correction in the air is when he knows he's released at the wrong time. It's because he's under it. There's the don't want to. Do you know what? It's almost the same process as Dart. It's about not being able to let go of the Dart. Dave is. I'm not going to say fortunate, but he is still in the position where he can let go of the Dart. For me, the corrections in the air are because he's scared of missing. He's holding on to the Dart too long. He know he's dragging it, or he know he's pushing it a bit too early. And in the air, he's still got the ability that he thinks he can try and correct it. it, it there's no science in that bit, but yeah. Not, I'm really just not quickly. sure it's ever really, going to hold really, up unless it massively opens really, up for him. Yeah, really quickly. Do you, shall I go fishing in the chat room or shall we not go fishing in the chat room? Never. I'll you know, say you know this now. 
Fishermania opened us up. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Sod it. Okay. I'm going fishing then. Anybody who doesn't like a pacey game, it says that a pacey game doesn't matter. Watch that Chisnell versus Humphreys game and try and tell me that a pacey game does not look better than two players who were who, who quite slow. That was a delight to watch. It was gorgeous. Yeah. As was the Chisnell Suter game as well. As the Chisnell Suter game was. A pacey game is better to watch. Sorry. Hang on a minute. Hang on one second. Here we go. That's just in pipe. Perfect time for Pipey to turn up. Loads of questions about Premier League and all that. Keep them coming. Believe yeah. me, we will answer them all. They're all superb. The last quarter final, Christoph Rotosi against MVG. Oh my days, Jar. What an absolute belter of a game this was. This was mint from start to finish. I don't understand how Christoph Rotaiski lost this game. Because for the first Anyone 10 legs... Knows how he... Rutaiski lost this game. But no, for the first... For the first... Well, actually, no, I do. Actually, I've just thought about this. I do. For the first 10 legs, he was sensational. Man was averaging 109. And yet it was level. My, the biggest problem for Rutaiski was that... At, just in certain legs, sometimes it went, sometimes the action and, and the scoring just wasn't there. And once Van Gerwen got the breaker throw at the start of the at the start of the third session, I thought that was game over there and then. Because Ratajski, you could clearly see Ratajski had just lost his range a little bit on the treble hitting. And because of that, problems then arised. And for the first 10 legs, he was unreal. Absolutely unreal. But the fact that he gave him his best stuff, and yet MVG was level at five all. Mental, really, when you think about it. Mental. Yeah, look, and MVG went through the gears towards the end. The one six seven to to win it was just up there, the the, the highest um, quality. We'll come on to MVG a bit more in the the semi finals, but new darts, everything like that, gob. He didn't do a lot wrong this tournament. Did you see enough that he's not a million miles away again? Didn't do a lot wrong is an understatement, mate. He won games comfortably. He stood up against a test from Ratajski and he lost a semi-final of 106 average. You're not going to do that very often. He is one of those players who, look, this happens in darts and you can berate it. You have to beat what's in front of you to do what you can, but similar to A.D. Lewis last year, he just cannot buy a draw at the minute. And when he does, somebody goes and, and chucks something like that back at him. It's it's sort of kicking a man when he's down, right? And that's just the swings that you Go get on. in sport. There's Again, there's no science behind it. Go it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but five all, <laughs> you've got to be able to keep that scoring power up. If you're giving your best at him and you can't get over the line like that, you, you've got to be able to do it when you're on it. And, he, and there were legs that he didn't. i tell you what was a big, big, a big, big moment was that he missed darts for 3-0. It was when he missed darts for 3-0. That was huge. Yeah, he, missed, he, missed, uh, missed he missed four. Yeah, he missed, he missed one at 16 for a 101 and then he missed three at eight. That was huge. Goes to 3-0 and does what he did against Clayton. I'm with you all the way, and that's fine. But there were big moments in that game early on where he didn't take advantage when he was on it. And I'm sorry, yes, you talk about draws and all that sort of stuff, but 
He's got to be able to keep MVG, doing that mate. under pressure. I'm talking about. Oh, sorry, you're talking about Ratajski. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about Van Gerwen. Talking about Ratajski. Oh, I thought you were talking about Ratajski. No, 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 level of dominance and every time we think he's putting a run together a performance that will give him that confidence someone goes and chucks in 107 average against him like Luke Humphreys or something like that he's, he's been unfortunate to be fair over the last few months I think it's fair to say while he's searching for that extra gear yeah 100% yeah okay all right, sorry, I thought we still talking about. I thought, sorry, I apologize. I thought you were still talking about the Peagle. No, 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 no. Eagle, Polish Eagle, Ratajski. Look, you, you're bang on. He, he has to take them chances early on. It keeps Van Gerwen completely out of the game, and he can steamroll him from there. The good signs for Ratajski are that this time last year, and and up until about September, October, we were sat here talking about him in the same vein as the likes of Gabriel Clemens and. Ian White and a few others saying he cannot put these floor performances onto TV. Lost a few games he absolutely shouldn't have. There was a 6-5 he lost. I think it was the European Championships against Steve West, where he had darts to win all 11 legs and had an absolute nightmare on the outer ring. And there was a few more incidents as well last year for Ratajski. And he's starting to win ugly to get himself to the back end of these tournaments and grow into it. He made a world quarterfinal or last 16, he's done yes. the same here in a quarterfinal. Yes. He's learned to win ugly, and that's when we're more likely to see these performances as well. The 103.5 that absolutely blew Johnny Clayton away, who is the most important before this weekend, was the most informed man in world darts. <laughs> he looked like he'd never picked a dart up in comparison to the way Ratajski was playing against him, and the start that he put in against Van Gerwen. And like I said, Let's be fair, Ratajski's only been a PDC player for, what, two and a half, three years? Still yes. a relatively early career in the PDC, right? He won the Win My World Masters a couple of years before that, but in, this is still relatively new to him. I'm not sure he's played in every single major yet. No, close. If he hasn't, he's very close. He hasn't played in the slap. Yeah. That's the only one he hasn't played in yet. But I'll tell you this, yeah. apart from that that quarterfinal run at the Worlds, his quarterfinal run at the Worlds, the rest of his premier events that he's defending aren't much, and yet he's in the top 16. Like, that's mental when you think about it. The it's fact that what he's doing, and he's, he's so consistent. built from his floor game. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at the breakdown and all that sort of stuff. He's defending 47% of his money this year and then 48% next year. He's just so bloody consistent. And who wouldn't want to see a Euro Tour? Especially, by the way, we haven't even touched on Sebastian Bielecki yet, who hit a nine-darter and then had a nine-darter hit against him. He hit a nine-dart within 10 Wait, minutes. Any news from Friday? Yeah. We just completely skipped over that. Yeah, we just completely <laughs> forgot about that moment as well. But if GC van der Waal hit, hit, the, hit a nine-darter against the bloke who hit a nine-darter 10 minutes into the bloody tournament... Really good player and play, uh, pushed Benzer Sudovic close. Christopher Kachuk looks good as well. The polls are coming in the World Cup for a kickoff. Chat room, get it on there now. Who would like to see the Euro Tour go to Krakow? Because I bloody would. Get us to Krakow now. you watching Matt Porter. Let's do it. Let's do it. Matt Porter, who's in charge of PDC Europe? PB, you know them quite well. Yeah, so I'll um, drop him an email. Can we go to Krakow and Naples? 
Crack off Naples, absolutely right. And the south of France. Go to go to Marseille or Bordeaux or somewhere like that. Lovely. Please. Before, before we move on to the semi-finals, a couple of people asking, said, I thought MBG was using his old darts in the semis. Um, and then someone says, Winmail producing a new set, the old beat-up feel. Yes, that they are. Yeah, He didn't even take Old Faithfuls there this weekend. Old Faithfuls weren't in the country. Um, they were the, they were the new one, and they are an old beat up coating on them. It's like a sandblast coating or whatever it is to make them feel old and old and warm. But no, they were the the new ones that he used. Right then, moving on to the semi finals. James Wade against Gallery and Price. Luke Humphreys against Michael Van Gerwen. The first one, gents. James Wade came out of the blocks like a steam train. And the world champion just never looked like getting back near him. Fair assessment? Yeah. To be fair, there was, what, 15-point difference in the averages as well. We, I've said it since the world championships. Gezi hasn't quite looked right. I don't yeah. think he quite looked right. The Masters, obviously, he was only at the Super Series for two days. And... I said it up until this moment, all right, beating Devon was superb. And I think that was his first real test in this event. The next time he got tested, he had absolutely no response to him. All right, Wade's only averaged 97.6, but that feels like 105 to a lot of players. We're going to keep chucking that line out there. And Price just had no response to him. Nothing. And the world champion should have a bit more in his locker for that sort of thing. He can't just be sitting around waiting for the fans to come back because that's a dangerous game to play because he won't be world number one by the time that they do. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, but I'm sure the Iceman will get it right in the end. Um, I just think he needs some time on the board. And I think all four days of the next Super Series will come to that up later. But that could do in the world a good game to the Premier League. But Wadey on fire. This next, the, the second semi final, one of the games of the, the tournament, it was just. Unbelievable. And Luke Humphreys finishing was nothing short of sensational jar. Four ton plus checkouts, including a one three two that the trouble nineteen was hanging on more than West Brom are in the Premier League right now. Sorry, Baggies fans, but it is what it is. Um you the, the way that he started, I thought I'll be honest with you, when that one through nine went in for Van Gerwen. I thought, okay, here we go. This is it. Especially when when, when Humphreys is left on twenty four and, and and he takes out the one three nine. I went, wow. I thought this is this is going to be a real close game, but it it, it wasn't. Marco Van Gogh averaged one hundred and six point two, and he got his belly tickled. That that don't happen very often, you know. Luke Humphreys, that it's obviously the performance of his TV career, not even close, and. Look, the, the thing to me was the fact of how surprising it was. He hasn't even been in a Pro Tour final before. At least when we're giving tips like Callan or Dimmy or players like that who have made Pro Tour finals or Gabe Clemens, we're, you know, we're saying because we've seen what they can do on their day when they go and have that mental day. Luke Humphries hasn't even been in a Pro Tour final yet, never mind a bloody major final. And he goes and produces that in the semi-finals. And he wasn't missing. Like, he, he just wasn't. He just wasn't missing very often. He was 11 to 16 on the checkouts. That's mental. And MBG didn't do anything wrong. 
When you average 106 yeah. and you get battered, you just have to shake. You have to shake the player's head and go, "Fair play, lad." Yeah, and it, and it was more the manner of the finishing gob. There was a handful of times that MVGs either sat on a double or a two dark finish, and I remember 112 yes. or 128 as, as well. That they hurt more than it's all right doing a ton plus finish when your opponent is on a big finish or can't finish, but when they're sat on manageable ads and you do that, that hurts more than anything. Oh, massively, because you're stood behind thinking you're going to get an opportunity, you're going to get a chance. So, yeah, they're the ones that are an absolute kick in their teeth. And Luke just did not miss a thing. The one three two early on was ridiculous to, to make that step over. That, that's a fantastic dart. Even the one one two actually, that set the tone for the match in the very first leg. The second dart at the treble 20 to go up and over a partially blocked segment. Bang in the middle of double 16. I think he hit exactly the same spot for the 108 as well. Um, it was just one of them that you expected. I, I didn't see it continuing. Um, it just did. It's one of them levels of performances that doesn't happen over 16 legs. It happens over six legs. And then you drop off and then you're like, oh, okay, he averaged 102 in the end. He had a couple of good legs. He had a couple of stinkers. There was absolutely no stinker from Luke whatsoever. There was no lifeline thrown to MVG. Here's two legs off where you can reel it in and, and then put me under pressure on my throw with a, with a good start. There was none of that whatsoever. MVG's checking out ridiculous. The 139 just for the break. He did another one before the next comfort break as well. And you're thinking, yep. if he gets two or three legs on the spin off the back of one of them, there's still a chance because we've seen it happen multiple times. But Every single time, Luke just shut the door in his face straight away. He did not allow that to materialise whatsoever. Well, you think yeah, about no, it, right? right? He took out a 130 before... Yeah, just saying, he took out a 130 before the last break. He took out a 106 as well. Like, he took out three-ton blasts. And he still got... He, he still got his belly tickles for the one to the best yeah. <laughs> It's like... It's one of those incredible performances that will, will, will go down long in the memory. Yeah, no, 100%. And you can see what it means to him, that picture there, that caption. That's what that meant when he got over the line. Um, but we've we've said it before and we'll say it again. It's all right, Luke, producing these performances that we've seen here. But he needs to find that on the floor tournaments. Otherwise, you, you're not going to get to TV tournaments. Yes, you'll be in the UK Open, probably the Players' Championships, because you'll players of Luke's ability should be in that top 64 um, and the world's. But to get to the match play, the Grand Prix, the slam, you need to be doing stuff. And Luke, we said it about Dimmy for ages, that Dimmy's floor form was nothing short of shambolic at times. But mm. by winning the match play, he's got himself into everything. Now, and we've said it before and we'll say it again. Once you're in that top 16... It's quite hard to get knocked out of it because of the money that you're guaranteed from TV tournaments is, is the thing. You can just build up third-round money here, second-round money here, maybe a quarter-final here, and it, and it soon adds up. So once Luke gets himself into that echelon of the rankings, I think he'll be fine. But he just needs a big, big couple of years on the floor. I don't, I, look, well, he doesn't, you look he at doesn't the because Dimmy didn't right? really change his floor game. He just no. won a big yeah, 
And that's a massive risk but to take it, because it, you might never fulfill your potential or waste some excellent years, like I think Luke perhaps is doing by not doing enough on the floor. But with this prize money from being runner-up here, if he goes and does similar at the Players' Champs or something later in the year, he's in these big events without having to play well on the floor. And I think that takes the pressure off the floor game that might allow him to relax that little bit more. Because I think in his position, when everybody knows how good he is on TV, and obviously that's where every player wants to be, that's where the big bucks is, that's where the big performances is, that's where the big commercial opportunities are. There's so much pressure to perform on the floor to get yourself there. And I think that's been weighing on Luke for a couple of years, knowing how well he can play on TV, two World Championship quarterfinals, a final here, and the first contender to ever win in the Premier League. He's got yeah, the ability. It just needs to be there regularly. Yeah, um, 100%. Shall I answer one in the chat rooms? It's easier to reply than type it. Jonathan says, um, Dimitri doesn't tick the boxes for even me, Phil. No, look, I get what you're saying there. On the hockey, he doesn't tick them all. But off the hockey and what they're trying to portray ticks all the boxes. He's fluent in four or five languages. Um, what people might not realise is at all these big events, whether it's the Premier League, the World, um, the World Series, they have all these huge media days that are broadcasting darts all over the place. Um, and whether people like it or not, being good with the media is one of the boxes you have to tick. Agreed, gents? Not even a debate. You, we need to get something from him. And we need to get, always get something from it. Uh, by the way, uh, we, we talked about this earlier on last week about who's had a better career in James Wade or Adrian Lewis. The big fish goes Wade better than Lewis. The correct answer. Um, so, yeah, Dimitri ticks yes, a no, lot of those boxes. It is, it, yeah, you think about it as well, that the Premier League goes into Holland, it goes to Germany, it can go all the way around the world. I mean, you know, especially um, when a load of TV crews come to the World Championships, don't they, Phil? That if you can go and speak to all of them in their own fluent language, they love you. And also as well, the crowd, and Dancing Dimmy as well, when he goes up on stage on the hockey and you go to Happy that will get you in there because people like a bit of showmanship and he is, and he's there now on the hockey, as we talk about it, you're right. It's, it's very up and down. It's probably the right word to say about the three G Vandenberg at this moment in time, but Marmite. to be fair, at this moment in time, what's that? Sorry. Marmite. Yes. Uh, so, but off the hockey, you can't deny that that's what he does. Although, to be fair, he does go on for about 15 minutes sometimes in an interview. We have to try and cut it down <laughs> because he always has something to say. Belgian waffle. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some absolute belters in the chat room. Keep them coming, guys. Believe me, we will make sure we, we get to them because you lot are absolutely putting them in. There's yes. some fabulous stuff in there tonight. We will come to you. We promise. We won't neglect you. Then into the final. Spoiler alert, you should all know the result by now. But it is that man, James Wade, wins his 10th, yes, 10th televised title over three decades. I say 10th in brackets because depending what mood he's in, he says 11 sometimes. He's not happy that his Champions League doesn't count as a as a big one. But that's another debate for another story. Um, but it's certainly guaranteed 10. And gents, where does he rank in this list? Because it's been going a lot on, on Twitter at the moment. We've, we've seen it a lot. 
Where is James Wade on this list? What in terms of what in terms of where well on the rankings list or but he's what well number four? <laughs> you know what list I mean. As in, do you, do we reckon that he would get into a top ten of all time? Yeah, comfortably. Comfortably, comfortably. Of course he does. Not even shouldn't even be a discussion. He's for me the one of one of not the greatest. Because I, I still will retain that this is one thing I will say about Philip Douglas. He is the greatest match play player that I've ever seen, Philip Douglas Taylor. Greatest player? That's another discussion which we will have another time. But the greatest match play player I've ever seen is Philip Douglas Taylor. And the reason for that, all you need to do is look at the world match play results. He lost, was it seven times in his whole career? His record at the Winter Gardens? Something some ridiculous, maybe eight games. So, Wadey, yes, he's yes, he's probably the greatest player living right now not to win the World Championship. And, I, I, you know, weirdly enough, I, I, if you don't mind me doing a shameless plug, if, if you do, sorry, I'm going to do it anyway. I, I did the piece, obviously, that you can go and read on onlinedarts.com right now about why I think that this James Wade is more dangerous than the rest of everybody, the, the rest of the James Wade incarnations we've seen. He's like Doctor Who at this moment in time. And I think... The thing for me is, is the fact it's not just his longevity and not just the fact that he won stuff at the start of his career. It's also the fact of that his scoring has improved that well, that far now. And I've got this feeling in my noggin that we're going to see Wadey pick up even more titles at this moment in time, because this, particularly this year, because he's so difficult to break. He's so difficult to play against. Simple modus operandi. Win the ball, win the opener, get the second leg, break it, and then win the third. That's a 3-0 lead already, and then you're already in trouble. What happened last night? Humphreys missed a shed load of darts in the first five legs. You cannot do that against James Wade. You cannot do that. And so, Wadey, Wadey for me, comfortably gets into a top ten of all time. But the amount, sheer amount he's won, and for me, probably up there as maybe the second or third best match play player that I've ever seen behind Philip Douglas. Yes. I thought, God, I know you're one of his biggest fans. I thought what he said in the interview was quite interesting, that he wants to win the match play again. Wasn't fussed if he never wins the world. It was the match play that he wants to win again. Interesting. I just think that takes pressure off him to win a world. He's he's stacking his chips in, in that arena. He obviously likes Blackpool. He's very good there. And like Jar just said, he's a phenomenal match play player. Um, he, after Vibrajar on one thing, he is the best player to have never won a world championship. He's also the best left-handed dart player of all time. Don't at me. That's that's just true. Everybody else that's we've ever seen is even in contention in that top 10 is right-handed. So, all right, it's, it's sort of a we beat Arsenal at the Emirates trophy for Tottenham, but it's still something we can <laughs> attribute to this man, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Barzi. Where's the mute Good. button? Just finding the ejector seat um, button. <laughs> yeah, well, you need me. Um, but yeah, look, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. Look, we opened a show, we're talking about me. I've had that many messages since he picked up the trophy on Cup Collection Day from people that either watch the show or, or just follow us content wise or whatever and all gone. 
Bet you're happy. Bet you're happy. Well done, God. I had absolutely nothing to do with this, right? But I'm ecstatic that I've won a trophy. And just the amount of people that picked up on that know just how big a fan I am of this man. He seriously underappreciated at times because of, I think, his, his off-the-hockey persona. Um, but he can put all that pressure on the match play all he wants and the fabulous Winter Gardens and, and what a trophy that is and, and what a tournament to win that is, the, the second biggest in the sport. But he needs a world championship. Needs a world championship. Well, we and I'm not sure his game is suited to set play. And if he never gets we one, it will be one of the biggest criminal things that ever happen in Dallas. And trust us, there's a lot of criminal things that go on. 2012, <laughs> if he'd have stayed on that stage, he would have had one. I, yeah, completely. I mentioned that again. I mentioned that in the piece that night, New Year's night in 2012, will haunt him forever. So, have missed a match start and then get beaten, t- losing 10 legs in a row. That will hurt. I don't, I don't think you'll ever answer the question when he's still playing, but I'd like to ask it to him when his career's done. When you look back at your career, do you regret coming off the stage that night? I don't think he'd answer it now. But later on, I'd love to know if he looks back and think, why did I say yes to coming off? Because that back then, they were only coming off if both players had agreed. And Lewis won the battle of the minds that night. Um, so, yeah, as soon as, he, as, soon as he said yes, that was it, he was gone. I don't think he... I don't think he'll say yes to that question. And I just don't think that, despite the talent, I just don't think he cares. Which is no, a shame, because he's another one he that... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a job for Wadey, and, and that's a massive shame because of the talent. I've, I've seen a couple of other pros that... I'd kill to be in their position and the drive and the dedication I'd give with their talent to push on and, and just dominate things. That's the way that my mentality works. And the fact that some people just see it as a as a job and would rather do other things like Wadey fix cars or, or other people have got other interests, it, it just it kills me a little bit inside knowing I'd, what I'd give to be in their position and what they're potentially not making the most of. Well, you, well, you look for me, the fourth best player of all, of all time hates the sport. He does it because it's something he's very, very good at. But he hates it. He's number three, but yeah, fine, fair enough. <laughs> but that, that, that says it all. That if I, I remember when um, I'm going, being a Spurs fan, I still hate him for it, when Esther Okotto said, I hate football. Well, hang on a minute. Well, it's just, it's to, to about Wadey. To it's just a job. Yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, do we do we want to touch on Wadey in the Premier League now? Because I'm sure we could do a full segment about it, but I know we've got so much more to do. All right, let's let, let's do it now because we're talking about Wadey, and there's a lot in the chat room. Look, right? Should he have been picked okay. for this year's Premier League before? Well, I'm going to go when they made the announcement before the Masters on what he yes. did last year. Should James Wade have been picked for the Premier League? Yes. 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 Not even a debate. 
However, ignore him now. Go on, I dare you folks. When he picks up another title in the back end of the year, stays above Gary and Rob Cross in fourth, brings home the World Cup for England, because he will be bloody deadly in that as well. I dare England you captain, to leave him in February next year. Um, but, right, so, yeah, what, what he achieved on the hockey, should he have been picked? Yes. Yeah. But when we say you have to tick boxes to get in the Premier League, that's exactly what it is. Because he did, because he doesn't tick all those other boxes, that's why he wasn't put in. However, a lot of people are now saying he should be in this year's. Look, I, I disagree with that because he's won it this year. This year's Premier League should have been picked on what you achieved yes. last year. So yes. you can't now shoehorn him into this year's tournament. Fair one. <laughs> Paul, yeah, Paul makes a really good point, though, and says, no, they've got to try and fit Barney in somehow so they'll miss Wade out next year. <laughs> Please, no. Um, <clears throat> look, the simple fact of the matter is this. Literally everybody, most people in here are saying that Wadey should have been in the Premier League, and I, and I, I totally agree. He even said that pretty much. He implied that in the interview that he did with Invasi when he said that the way they select things gave me the motivation to do it. Fair play. He knows. That's exact words. He said, when they put obstacles in front of me over selection tournaments and stuff like that, he knows that to get in anything that is invited, he has to win silverware. He knows it himself. That just getting to a final isn't good enough. And the thing is, is that uh, being realistic here, is he currently better than half of that field that are currently set up to be in the Premier League? If the answer isn't yeah, yes, then you're off your rocket. He's given that interview over the weekend, then the answer is yes. 100%. Agreed. 100% he's better than probably... <laughs> something, probably else he's probably not at the minute, mate. <laughs> yeah, I think... I, I'm with you. I think that he... I honestly think that about five or six of that field are not as good as him right now. And Wadey should be in the Premier League. There's no doubt about that. Here's one scenario that if it happens, I would love to have a camera on Gob just to see, right? Come January the 1st or 2nd or wherever, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Bear with me. James Wade is not in the top four in the world. He's around the fifth, sixth area. And there happens to have been seven major title winners. Top four get picked automatically Seven into six don't go. Who are they leaving out? If you get it's seven major point. winners like that, then you're going to get some. One of them is going to be in the top four. Yeah, if, it, yeah. If 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 someone wins the world championships, then yeah, one of them will be in the top four. It's it's just not going to happen. There's not enough big TV events to leave him out now after winning the UK Open and his position in the rankings. He's in. He's in next year. Wayne will be back in the Premier League next year. And when he is, he'll finish top four and throw both his middle fingers up at everybody and go, ha, 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 I've done you again. Rule number one. <laughs> 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 Wayne, I'm not being funny. With Wayne, listen, Wayne is probably the most consistent player at the moment on the, on the planet. Because you know what you're going to get from him. Averaging 95 to 100. 
50% of the checkouts. You know what you're going to get. The biggest difference now is that he hits more 180s than I've ever seen at any time. And if he does that, he's going to win yeah. tournaments. And I'm not, you know, I've, I've already looked to try and see if I can look ahead and see what I can get from him at the match play. Match play markets aren't open yet, but I've got a funny feeling that uh, I might be backing a certain Wady to at least make the final. Potentially he said last time he played the Premier League, he got to the semi-final and then got left out. He did? Yep. I think he was uh, three from three against Van Gogh, wasn't he? Or two from he two? No, uh, he drew against one game. One and a draw. One he drew one game. It was un- yeah, it was undefeated yeah. against him, but yeah. Bashed him. Um, quick one in the chat room. Bob says, if there was more major winners, they'd go to 12. That, that won't happen, mate. Sly nope. will only have five... We'll only have five games a night. They won't go to six um, for it because we've spoke about this before in the press room and whatever. And it's literally ten is the limit. Um, but there it is. So we've, we've covered this, and this time this kind of moves seamlessly into this. I apologise that this is a small graphic, so we'll have to get this up to talk through it as well. But it didn't really troubleshoot well into it. So I'm just I'll, I'll ask Jimmy if we can have a bigger copy next time. Let's open <laughs> that website then. Where is Um So after the UK Open, there are plenty of movers and shakers. We'll start at the top. Top three remain the same, although Michael Van Gerwen has opened up more of a lead over Peter right now. So God won't be putting said message in our WhatsApp chat for this Super Series. However, could still, the, could still the, happen. Hang on, hang on. Could still happen. That's could still happen. happen. He's, not more than 40, he's not more than 40 grand ahead of him. Don't get me wrong. Pigs can yeah, but fly God. because we're going to talk about that man in a minute and I'm going to kick him yes. in the face proverbially because he's doing my well, nutting. But it's still worry, a we'll possibility, Phillips. So don't be counting your chickens yet. Oh, I'm counting them. There's no way he's winning all four Super Series, and I back my ass on it. Because he'd win one and then change darts the next day. That's a good point. Couldn't win. Couldn't Tom Boder at a minute with them stupid things. <laughs> uh, but we'll come <laughs> on to you in a minute. Call how you see it. <laughs> the, um, the, the big mover and shaker, the 100 grand on James Wade ranking has put him back into the elite four in the world. Rob Cross is now on that very, very slippery slope. It, the slide has begun. We're not sure when the cutoff yet for the World Cup is. However, there's a distinct possibility that England's pairing could be James Wade and Dave Chisnell come the World Cup. The only way that's happening is the amount of Pro Tours. There's not going to be a TV ranking event, I don't think, before the World Cup, unless they move it back into November, like last year. But if they don't, if they normally have it like they normally do in the June time, when I don't think he's going to be a bit close, I think it might be August, September, I think you're right. I think it will be Wade inches. Cross is dropping off a stone. We've got the two coming up. We've got the two blocks of series coming up. And listening yep. through the grapevine, there is going to be some more after April when certain things are allowed and aren't allowed on Boris's roadmap. There is more planned before the, the match play and everything like that. 
pros or events. So that's what I said. We don't know the cutoff and, and how much um, it is available, but there's a very distinct possibility that Chisnell and Wade could be England's pairing. Like we say, Rob Cross slips to five, uh, Chisnell up to six, Anderson seven, but he couldn't give a couldn't give a monkeys. Um, Daryl Gurney back into the top ten. Nathan Aspinall down to eleven. The Asp has got some work to do, and he's the one that. He can't wait till those doors open again. He's, he's, he's openly said it. Do we think once fans are back, we see the best of Nathan Aspinall again? Um, I don't know. Look, the there's a lot of this field that I have real concerns about. Nathan Aspinall is one of them. Rob Cross is, is sinking quicker than the Titanic at the minute. He looked really good in patches at the weekend, and then the very next throw... Everything that I've been concerned about completely reappeared once again. He was another trying to correct us in the air. The release was all off. He was snatching at a few. They were coming out. They, they sit weirdly against this part of his hand, and they were coming out completely differently in, in different um, throws. It just didn't look right at all. Chisnell's snatch is horrid. Gary probably hasn't had the chance to put a practice in that he promised us yet. Uh, Michael Smith. Needs to work with a sports psychologist, I think. He's one of them that just isn't going to get there on his own at the minute, I, I fear. Um, Dimi not defending much. He's one that could climb this year. Gurney is another that we're not really sure what we're going to get from him at the minute. Shows glimpses and then falters with a, with a low 90s average. I, I'm more interested in the players that are ranked 13 to 21 at the minute than I am in those that are ranked 5 to 11. Well, we're coming on to them. They're more interesting. They're playing more consistently. They should be taking the rest of the bunch at the minute. Ian White at 12. Durant at 13, defending a lot of money this year. Ratajski at 14. DeSouza at 15, not defending a lot this year. However, next year we'll come on to that when it comes. Uh, Joe Cullen in 16. Johnny Clayton back up to 17, overtaking Stephen Bunting. Uh, Whitlock at 19, Mentor Sulevich at 20, Merv King at 21, and Chris Doby back up to 22. Uh, by the way, uh, yeah, Gary just says he looks like the wizard is 19. Yes, he is, as you just said there. Yes, he is 19. Sorry for the crack graphic. We, 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 we admonish the PDC for this. Yeah, we um, we borrow stuff off them. But trying to get rankings into a graphic is hard work. That's why we're talking it through you as well. But Doby yeah. back up to 22, and I saw some real signs that Doge is back on the right path. Look, um, mate, he just... Yes look, and no. The, yeah, the action was not good before... But he always he, he always does well in these events. The UK Open and the Players' Championship Finals are normally the events that he does well in, right? He loves Minehead normally when we're normally there. He loves Minehead. But at the moment, he just doesn't. And look, I, for me, Chris has got that much potential. And he knows it himself. Like he, He's got so much potential, but he's just got to win something on the, on the floor first. Go and win an event. Get your floor form back to it, then qualify for these TV majors, and you get that experience. Or win a Euro Tour, win a floor event, win a Pro Tour, win a Euro Tour, and then we can maybe think about him 
cracking that next echelon of darts. It's the same with most people. Um, Jonathan says, how can you see what players are defending? If you go to dartsranking.com, mate, on the, it says PDC Live Order of Merit, if you click on the player's name you'll have a look at, it opens up and it tells you everything that they are defending in there. Um, so let's just have a quick look further down the rankings, the big movers. One of the big movers, obviously, Luke Humphreys, up eight places to 33. Um, just Steve Beaton dropping down to 30. Steve, Steve Beaton dropping down to 35 at the moment. He's in a yeah. world of trouble. And like you say, I think it will be this year or next that we may be saying goodbye to the Bronze Adonis. Yeah, uh, Luke Woodhouse up two places to 47. Good weekend for Woody after some indifferent form. He's obviously criticised himself on social media, but on the right way. There was one in the chat room about this. I can't remember who it was earlier on, but Yellow Classen down to 55. And someone said, will Yellow Classen keep his tour card goal? I think so. I think there's enough talent and ability there that he can just produce a run out of nowhere. I think we've seen international players in particular drop off the tour, the likes of um, Jeffrey de Graff um, and who's the other one? Jan Decker, a two that spring to mind, compatriots of, of Yella that have had not identical success. Obviously, Yella is a former BDO world champion and a Premier League player, but actually in terms of their their BDO career and, and that sort of thing and their impact. I just think Yellow's got that extra gear to them and I just don't see him dropping off. I know he tinkered a lot of his equipment last year. We expected a bit of a change and, and turnaround in here and he's, he's threatening a bit of a upturn in form. He just hasn't got those results yet, but this is a long season, a good super series and his tour card retention is, is straight back on track. So yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. He's one that I expect to, to come through that from that position. Yeah, and another big, big mover, a man that's only just won his tour card. Alan Suter started the year after Hughes scored 128. He now finds himself at 85th, 12 and a half grand after only a few weeks as a PDC tour card holder, gents. I want to say this. By the way, first of all, if anybody can tell me what he walked out to that song, Please let me know, because it was great what he walked out to. I love that walk on tune. But more importantly than that, Suits is doing bits, man. He, he, he had chances to go and make his maiden TV quarterfinal. Chisel just produced some, good, some decent stuff. And his scoring lacked a little bit um, towards the end of that match. But I'm, I am I'm really, really like the look of Alan Suter. If he wins a tour card... Sorry, excuse me. If he wins a pro tour this year, he definitely won a tour card. If he wins a pro tour... If you go to one of these events, I reckon he's going to the match play. I really, really do. If he actually wins one of the Pro Tours coming up, one of the Super Series, he's in the match play qualification spots. And he would deserve to go there with the way that he's playing. Yeah, no, 100%. Very, very impressive. They're the big movers and shakers. Just a couple from the chat room. Someone asked about Jackpot. Is he in danger? The answer is yes. He's massive. Massive. Um, so Adrian Lewis is currently 25, and this year he is defending 68%, nearly £141,000. Also, okay, okay, so there's that as well, right? 
He currently it's just the match flow because I think he made the first round where he lost to Dozer in that. Yeah. Yeah. He's currently 29th on the Warden Merit in the world match play race. And he is still seven grand off making the making it as a pro to order of merit qualifier. That's the match play. He's he's, he's a couple, he's about a grand off the Grand Prix at this moment in time. Obviously, he would qualify probably potentially to seed for the world championships. You know, he wouldn't even do that. He wouldn't qualify as a as a seed for the for the uh, for the uh, for for the world championships as things stand. And I don't think just looking at this and at the moment, yeah, it's still very very early on. But he at the moment would not qualify in the pro tour order of merit for the world championships. So he could be on a massive slide. He's got to find some form. Simple and as plain as that. He looked fantastic at the Masters, boys. I don't think he was horrendous at the yeah, Super, but... Super Series. He wasn't as impressive as he could have been. Let a couple of games slip. Yeah. Uh, one in particular to Ryan Searle, I think it was. But other than that, and I, I'm Ryan not Searle the weekend. Him. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not massively yeah. concerned sure. by him. Look, he needs to start winning some results if he's going to be a top 16 talent again. But he's not just going to drop off the face of the earth. In terms of defending money, I'm Go more on. confident about Lewis getting close to his 140 than I am Van Gogh and getting close to his £619,000 he's defending. Okay, but Gob, let me ask you this question. You talked about the Masters there. What's the crucial part of the Masters? Well, it's not ranked. But exactly. The, the point Don't, is, you, could do what the you f- said he's got to find some to put- form. And the he performances does. You can't find some form in the events that matter. You've got to def- you've got to find some form yeah. events to matter. Doing great in an in an invitational tournament, you qualify you qualify for the top twenty four in the world is lovely, but it means jack all at the end of the year if you don't qualify for the match play, don't qualify for the Grand Prix. You'll qual- he'll qualify for the Players Championship Finals, and he'll and he'll obviously qualify for the World Championships unless something dr- truly dramatic happens. But there's a real possibility that he doesn't make the match play or the Grand Prix. You miss out on those yeah. two titles, That's you will big. drop like a in stone. Just a couple of people. Now they finished doing that. Um, a couple of people asking about Barney in the match play race. Currently, Barney is £2,225 away from a match play spot. So he's not a million miles away from being in god. the mix. If there is a god. <laughs> Up there, um, please not with, 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 a bundle, with a bundle of the super series. Barney could be <sighs> in that top 16 in the race for the match play before we know it. Uh, also, very look, interesting. Before we... It also, look, uh, but by the way, I should stress, I think he will he'll, he'll be there for the Grand Prix, definitely be there for the Grand Prix, but just not Blackpool, please, not Blackpool, please. If there is a god, please. Callum Rids, I don't know if you're still in the chat room, mate, but at the moment you are sat sixth on that race for Blackpool. Get ready for the Pleasure Beach, yes. Sam. That's all I'm saying. Um, Callum, what's your favorite? So, if you are still in the chat room, what's your favorite ride at the at the uh, at the Pleasure Beach? You you a big Dipper fan? I wonder what you're going to say. Then, what's your favorite ride at Blackpool? And go, can we go there? <laughs> it's what it's nine o'clock now. And anyway, anybody interested in anybody that sort of stuff will be interested or be watching the Barry Megan interview that's happening right now. Um, right, God. 
sit down, chat room, brace yourselves. We're past the watershed. Things are about to get jazzy. After the weekend, God, this man played at the Super Series with what can only be described as a monstrosity of a dart. He then turns up to the UK Open with a set that we'd never seen before. He changed for a leg mid-game, went back. Is Peter Wright's head absolutely frazzled right now? And is there a way back? Um, I'm not convinced there is, you know. He's defending a hell of a lot of money this year, uh, even more than MVG, 720k, which obviously includes the world, but massive, massive amount of money he's defending. Um, The fact he went back to a straight barrel this weekend is a good sign because that's what works for him. Either them stone grips or his new work or the darts he won the World Championship with. That's what he has to be aiming with. That's what he needs to slowly work himself back towards. But I just think he's changed so much now. Going up on stage with multiple sets of darts just means you're never, ever going to settle with what's in your hand. Even if it's going well, having that second set next to you, you're always going to have, could I be doing that a little bit better with those? And I'm just not convinced he's getting enough practice hours in with any set he's picking up now. He's changing that frequently. To master a skill, you need 10,000 hours or something. And if he's constantly changing his setup the way he is, he's barely getting 30 hours of sets of darts that he's then taking up on stage. And look, Wayne Marder was far more qualified than me to talk about this, but he was interested on Twitter saying that Peter Wright has inadvertently changed his throw. He has made adjustments to his action to suit barrels that he wants to throw rather than throw the darts and, and, and make it work. And the whole compression sleeve because he's cold and says he keeps his arm locked in better. I'm not convinced by that theory. Just get back to a straight dart because at the minute, I don't see where his next win on TV comes from. His, his next big win that means something if he's pushed at any point. I genuinely think he is two, three months away of keep doing this from being in a place where that is completely irreversible and he will have done far too much damage for his own good to be able to put it right and be considered in that top four. So, what are we expecting from him at the Super Series? We'll come on to the Super Series more, but does... Does he go back to the stone grips? And does he just need to look? We know he's stubborn, but he needs to go, for me, needs to go and play with a set, whether it's the stone grips or the world championship, for three months solid, just to reset everything. Look, if he tinkers again after that, that's up to him. But he needs a reset of some kind at the moment, because right now it's a mess. He needs to learn to accept that he is allowed to play badly with a set of darts. That's inevitable. You cannot play at 105, 106 average, never drop a leg. You cannot be perfect at this game. We're humans. Humans are never, ever going to be perfect at anything. If this was a robot, yeah, simple. I could program it to throw a nine darter every single time. I could do it on a computer game if I really want the old 
Xbox Premier League darts or whatever it was, or the ones you get in the arcade, for Christ's sake. By the way, be perfect by the way, Matt, you cannot be perfect as a say, professional dart player. Sorry to interrupt, Gob. Just to say, Matt Porter, Barry Hearn, if you're listening, I want that back now. <laughs> the, 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 the thing that I find fascinating, and I just don't get it, that he says that... For those that don't know, you get to go up on stage and throw for 10 minutes, I think it is, on your on the game of your day. So for the match play, for argument, because that's the next big one coming up, Peter Wright plays on opening night. When they get there early, each player has allowed 10 minutes on the stage just, just to get used to it. And he says he changes stuff to how the atmosphere feels that night. Like, surely you can't do that. You can't change something or change your equipment based on the atmosphere that you only get 10 minutes with. Yeah, look, he's just overcomplicating a game that isn't that difficult. I look at Bryson DeChambeau in golf, and before he decided to just beef up and just try and overpower courses, they, they called him the professor because he was just air density, temperature, pressure, and all that sort of nonsense. And kid bugger all for him. Just get up on stage, chuck darts that you're comfortable with at the trebles and finish well. Yeah. Simple game. Point and shoot, put some sharp things in some wooden thing and, and do it better than your opponent. Uh, John says Phil Taylor used to change his darts. Phil Taylor used to change his darts, but not to, there was only subtle changes. Right, We had the knitting needle for a while, and then he made a drastic change to the torpedo. But then they were just changes. The barrel was still kind of the same. Even though we went from unicorn to target, it was still the, the dumpy torpedo. Peter Wright's going from a scallop to a dumpy dart to a long-barreled one, back to something else, back to something else, it, it is the thing. Well, let's get Let's get one thing straight about Phil Taylor. After he swapped away from the straight barrel to the 9.5 or the Rossos or whatever you want to call them, the most successful dart in history, he only really started making changes again once he moved manufacturer. And they're a manufacturer that basically did that with all their players at one point where everybody released new fancy grips, rebranded it and, and really pushed their market in. And Phil knew coming towards the end of his career that actually in terms of changing the levels of his performance. The adjustments he was making might give him the odd 1% or 2% on a night, but before he put any sort of darts on stage, he would have been practiced with them and making the changes that he wants or that he thought would give him the extra difference. There weren't anything drastic, anything severe. Right, and towards the back end of his career, once he'd won that last match play and had a good run in the world, all right, that is how he left it. But in terms of the rest of the events, A, he didn't really care, and B... He wasn't playing in Pro Tours and stuff, so he's probably picking up more money through royalties of changing his darts every six months than he was actually playing. There was other factors in the amount that Phil Taylor changed his darts towards the back end of his career. Exactly the same as Raymond Van Barneveld. And note now he wants to come back playing sensibly. He's playing with a set of darts that gave him the most success. Interesting. What you said on there about Phil as well and darts. When he won his last match play... That version of his target dart, whichever one it was, was it the nine point whatever, just the pure black one, was the closest mm-hmm. thing to the Rosso that they produced. It was almost, yep, almost identical to the Rosso dart. Yep. 
the most successful dart in history. We, oh, admittedly, they're iconic as well. Those slip sticks with those change of shape flights were just something we we'd never really seen before, especially that that flight stem combination. But yeah, other other factors yeah. motivated yeah. the back end of his career. You the, look at when he first changed. And he had the silver ones without the grip. Then he put the thumb grips in the back in, in the square pattern and that sort of thing, or the triangle pattern. Zitting files for days. Even he couldn't make them work straight out of the pack yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul says, and the three or four million moving to target. Yeah, probably had something to do with it. Um... <laughs> Couldn't possibly comment on that. Um, yeah, 100%. Look, it, look, we know Peter was always tinkered, but as we say, now it's getting to the point where it's messing with his head. Um, I think we can all agree on that. Right, gentlemen, the next batch of competitive action comes next weekend. The Super Series is back. We've got another block in Milton Keynes. Now, after what we have seen from the first Super Series straight into the UK Open. I would like two players' names off of you that need a huge, huge Super Series. Only two. We could be here all night if I ask for more, but I want two players. What say? Who... Well, I'll be I'll be brutally honest. Say half the bloody Premier League field. You're going to be going up against. The supposedly best of the best that the PDC have got to offer, and half the Premier League field have fallen off the edge of a cliff. There's no doubt about half that. I mean, for me, yeah, <laughs> like appreciate darts. Is we talk about the competitiveness in darts and all that sort of stuff, but I mean, obviously, Wright needs something, just something to try and give him some clue as to what darts to throw in the Premier League uh, when it restarts on Easter Monday. Um, what I'm going to say, again, look, does it for me. Appreciate you still recovering from an illness and COVID. Appreciate that he hasn't looked the same. But he hasn't looked the same since he won the Premier League, really. And when he won the Premier League, I don't think he ever thought it was Mr. Accomplished. But that night, the whole night as a whole wasn't great. Would we, would we agree on that, really? The whole night itself well, didn't, it wasn't an enthralling finals night. I'm not trying to downplay what he did, but I'm just trying to be realistic. So I think Duzza does need a big Super Series because, again, defending Premier League champion, there's a distinct possibility with the way that he's playing that he could be in a relegation dogfight by the end of the first um, by the end of the first week, and he will not want to be the first Premier League champion to be relegated. No, agreed. Um, God for you. Like I just said, half the top sixteen: Price, MVG, Peter Wright, Rob Cross, Michael Smith, Nathan Aspinall. Ian White, Glenn Durham. They all need massive Super Series just to spark this season into life for them. Just to give them a platform to go into. Not all of them are in the Premier League, 
but they've got match players to start preparing for under busy end of the back end of the season. They don't have the Euro Tour to fire them up. They have to start picking up wins here because the longer they're struggling for form, the more time they give the rest of the field to build up their confidence. The likes of Callum picking up events, the likes of Johnny Clayton and, and Joe Cullen closing in on them from all sorts with their pro tour form. They're going to start putting that on TV soon. If you keep giving them the opportunities to pick up titles, build confidence and, and perform. Winning is a habit. I could I could probably get on a T-shirt along with, I just want to play darts with Gary Anderson and James Wade's face. Winning is a habit. And these guys need to get back into that habit massively. Yeah, agreed. Um, John says in the chat room, what about Barney? I don't, I don't... I don't think Barney needs yeah. a great super series. I think he needs a consistent super series. Yeah. Uh, Barney needs a bang average super series, a couple of board finals, and he's looking like he's going to be at uh, the match play. I saw someone say Danny Baggish as well. Danny Baggish is six weeks into his PDC career. I don't think he needs a massive super series. Um, a good run wouldn't hurt, but a good run wouldn't hurt anybody in the field. Um yeah, I don't think anybody that's only just picked up their tour card needs anything, unless they didn't get a win at all in the first weekend. But I don't think there was any that didn't, to be honest. So if there is, they just need to settle in and pick up a couple of wins. One or two board finals wouldn't hurt them, but not everybody can reach a board final every day. It's just how the numbers work. You've already lost two-thirds of the field by then. Wesley Harms, Christo yeah. Reyes... Maybe they need big super series. They need, they need a super series. <laughs> they just need to turn up. It'd be nice if they did. You know, using the bloody tour car for what it should be used for. Uh, Luke says, uh, when I talked about uh, Durham being the first um, winner of the Premier League to be relegated, of course, Barney and Gando were both being relegated or eliminated from the tournament. Um, but nobody has become Premier League champion and then been eliminated the same year, as in like the next year. And there's a distinct possibility with the way that he's playing that he could be in a relegation dogfight. Uh, yeah, look, I th- at the moment, looking at it, I think the Premier League, there's two, two or three leagues within one at the moment. Yes. yes. Um, quite comfortably at, at, at the moment, it's... There's certain players that you don't see in any danger of getting relegated, and there's probably half the field that you think you need to pick up results against each other, which will which will shape it. Um, I thought Jose looked a lot better at the weekend. I was slightly concerned yes. about him pre UK Open because we hadn't seen the manner of performances from him since winning the Slam. He'd been very inconsistent. But he looked very good at the UK, but probably the best we've seen him consistently since, since winning the Slam. So I think I think Jose's in much better shape. He needs to play well again and can build on it. But in terms of what he needs, he's defending 61 grand this year. 20% of his ranking, he's, he's taken a big chunk out. I don't know how up-to-date the darts rankings is, actually, if they've taken off UK from last year and updated with this year already. But they have, yes. with what he's defending for the rest of the year, 60 grand for him from the position he's in when you're in every major, you picked that up in second and third round losses. Well, he's got to find a way to do it because you remember when he goes and defends, when he goes and defends the slam, 
He's got to try and find a way to cover it. He's got to try and find a way to cover it. Yeah. It's as simple as plain as that. A couple of finals um, and stuff would not go amiss for Jose, yeah. but he's, he's not desperate for anything to stop him plummeting to 50th in the world, like we might be about to see from Steve Beaton and an incredibly poor year from no. Adrian Lewis. An injury to Lewis, by the way, right now. A resurgence of that back injury would be criminal. Um, but yeah. I mean, look. Look, I, 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 look. The reason why I appreciate there are other players inside the top thirty-two that pro, or outside the top thirty-two that need big results. But the next big TV event off the back of this is the Prem, and no matter what you might say, the Prem is the most important thing coming up. I, I don't like it because I think that it is a glorified exhibition, but it's a very important event, and I, I think that half of that field in the Premier League need something. Just something to try to hold on to. Um, <laughs> Joe asks, uh, what's the story of Wesley Harms at the moment? Um, I don't know what's going on because he hasn't actually said anything, has he? So I've got no idea, personally. PV, you, you're usually the man in the know. What? Did someone say that I... Yeah, I know nothing. <laughs> you like that well in Fulton Towers. I know nothing. I know nothing. Um, John asks, who do you think will be in the dogfight for the Premier League? Well, what, in terms of the title? No, of course, you, I know you don't mean that. In the relegation battle. Jesus. Again, with the way they're playing, half the bloody field, mate. Um, there's, the, there's a genuine possibility that we could be four or five players could be in the relegation dogfight on judgment night. Um, I'm going to go look, purely and simply on the way they're playing. Cross, Asp, Aspinall just didn't... I mean, Aspinall didn't do a lot wrong against Retarski on Friday night, but he hasn't been playing that... I mean, yeah, he got to a couple of finals of the Super Series and, and all that. Cross, Asp, Duzzer, Dimmy, because of his knee. Um, I would have said Jose as well, maybe Gary with the way that he's been playing, because he just doesn't care, which is, you know, with it well within his right. What is that? So, yeah, there's generally about five or six of them that could be in the dogfight at the moment. I can't, as well, as bad as Wright's playing, I just cannot see him being in the dogfight. That's why Gary's so hard to predict, because he doesn't care. He said he was going to care. He said after what, he said after what Mardle said to him at the World Championships, he was going to care. Yeah, but has he had the chance to deliver on that yet? All right, Super Series, Masters, and, and now a UK Open. Okay, not fantastic start, but part of the motivation, I think, that Gary was gearing up for this year was that practice with Ryan Searle. And with lockdown, I'm not sure if he's been able to do that yet. I think he's in a position where, all right, he, he can tell us he wants to do that, but he lacks the self-motivation. I think Gary needs somebody with their giant size tens kicking him up the backside all the way to the oppie and, and backing up and down it to collect his darts. Um, once he's allowed to practice with Ryan, I expect the level of both for them to raise, which is a scary thought, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's an interesting one, but that won't happen in time for the Premier League. So he's, gonna, he's still going to be in that same situation that He's going to be using the Super Series in the Premier League to try and play himself into some form. A bit like he did last year. The Premier League, he played that that long run at Milton Keynes, actually did him a favour. Yeah. 
is yeah. is the thing. Um. So yeah, right. We've we, we've covered that. I suppose we can open the chat room now, guys. We can open. We can go free for all time. questions. Question time. Yeah, it is. There's been loads. There's been loads in there already, and we'll we'll, we'll get to them all. We've we sort of like wrapped up everything a little bit early to extend um, question time. Um, so, guys, pick away and pick what you can find and, and get them in. I mean, loads of people have been talking about um, Gary and uh, loads of stuff as well. Um, Jesus, there's been so many people talking about. We were talking about beta when I was talking about beta um, beaten earlier as well. Look, I, I just feel I don't think it will be this year. I think it will be next that we do say goodbye to the bronze Adonis. Don't think it'll be this year. I think that he'll just just scrape enough money, but I think it will be next year that will happen. Uh, Jojo, oh yes, on International Women's Day, good question. What do you think about the tour card available maybe in the women's series? Because there will be more events this year probably, and it counts towards a secondary tour now according to the order of merit rules. You see, I don't think we're at that position this year. And I'll tell you the reason why, because I don't think we're going to get more than maybe six to eight events. Gentlemen, am I right in thinking this? I think I think there'll be two weekends. Yes. How many we'll play four weekends events, maybe? I, I think yeah. we'll see we'll, two we'll, series weekends. Yeah, that, that's um, the problem, no. right? That's I, the problem I, where I don't, you, you can't... Go on, go on, people. I, like I, like, I like the idea of it, and I think you're the same. But to constitute that, there would have to be, for me, probably a minimum of 16. God, do you agree as well? Job, minimum of 16 to warrant that, personally. Like the challenge tour. Like the challenge tour. Um, yeah, look, I completely agree with the numbers and that sort of thing. I, I don't think the PDC have the finances to start rolling out that number of events, but the uptake that they've had when they've put on the women's series in the past, but I would not be surprised to see a tour card go to more lady players somehow. We've literally seen in snooker in the last week, Rhiannon Evans and I'm going to, I don't know the other lady's name, but she uh, qualified through the women's snooker series tour uh, from Asia, have both been offered tour cards for the season. Barry's, yeah. Barry's come out and said he will never offer legends tour cards like he's done in the snooker. But to get more women involved would not put it past him at all. Yeah, I don't think he'd hand them one, but I certainly think they would offer a carrot. If they could do 16 ladies series events across the year, that the winner of the Order of Merit would get a tour card. I could completely see... That. And also, if, if we're doing that, I think it should be extended. I'd like to see one for the CDC, the DPA, and the PDC yes. Asia Tour as well. I, I genuinely yes. would like to see all feeder tours, like proper affiliated feeder tours, have a route to a tour card. Because I think it encourages more people to play. Yeah. Cool, that's, that, that's, but... that's 
in the same context, if they're going to stick with stage one and stage two of Q score, I can see them getting biased to stage two of Q score, not giving tour cards outright because of the poor use of the cards we've seen in the past. The one that springs to mind is Royden Lamb. Picked up a card and disappeared all year. Oh, look at, look at Harms. Yeah, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me also next year that if you win a tour card, whether it's for you through an order of merit or a Q school, that after a year, if you haven't played in X percent, that percentage is up for debate, that if you haven't played in this amount of events, we have the right to take that card off you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, it's I'm, a minimum, I'm bad at that. A minimum eliminate. rate. I mean, you know what, it, it wouldn't be a massive rate either. It would be something like, even, it might not be 50%, 20. it might be something as low as 45%, just under half. I, I don't even think they go lower than that. Maybe and a then, third. And unless, there's ex, unless there's extenuating circumstances for a reason why you've missed a large part, an injury or something, um, if you're just not turning up, as is believed about some players at the minute, then no. Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, I, know, I like that one. Tommy asks, do you think why you win a world championship? The answer to that is no. no. Not going to happen. Doesn't Can't like the set play. As well. Appreciate it's won the Grand Prix, but not for me, Clive. I'm going to be a great romantic. I'm going to say yes. I know. You only get them stories in sport, Phil. That's me of the line. Winning is a habit. Exactly. I just want to play darts, and you only get them stories in sport, but I just don't see it, unfortunately. Nah, Same with Michael not Smith, for me, Clive. Major. Which, by the way, boys, this isn't in the chat room, but it's been going on in my WhatsApp tonight. One of my friends, I've got a couple of them watching. One was chatting about Wade, completely agree. Another one gets on to Michael Smith, and has just offered £10 to everybody in the group chat that Michael Smith wins a major this year. Five of them have taken it up on him, so he's going to earn 50 quid come Christmas, collectively, because he's a moron. <laughs> um, <laughs> John John says, is there 16 world-class women out there at the moment? Uh, no, there probably isn't, but the only way they get better Evan? is by playing. Yes. That's the thing. It, that, Look, that's you, the only... you, saw the, you, you saw the state of the PDC... You saw the state of the PDC before the professionalism came in, before Barney came in. Would you say there were 16 great players in the PDC? No. There was about six. And as things came, and as things came, continued to keep moving forward, that's where it was. So, look, I think that, um, look, can there be 16 world-class women? Absolutely. Just not the moment. Also, right, Jonathan says... Go on, go on, go on, Barzi. Go on, Barzi. I'm just going to finish on the room thing. They just, they just need opportunities to play and improve. And the more yeah. they play, the more the standard will rise. Jonathan says, uh, what's the question? Uh, when do you think the challenge of the dev tours will start? I reckon maybe the, maybe the second half of the year when people can fly into Britain. Yeah, I, June, Boris allows us to play nicely. June, July time, I, I, I think. Um, Andrew says, Phil, they can plan the challenge tour. Yeah, I completely agree they can, mate. But what I'm saying is, 
is, and I've said this for a while, that for me, the, the ladies' game is 10 to 15 years behind the men. So if you give them the opportunity to play on the Challenge Tour against the men, and then in their own ladies' series as well against each other, it would improve the standard dramatically. Is 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 just my opinion. You look at like you you look at the state of the CDC, the DPA, the uh, you know the, the Scandinavia and all that sort of stuff. They have their own affiliate tours because they are miles behind a little bit at the moment. They're miles behind the main PDC tour. Give that 10, 15 years, and they could be and they could be there. Because they try to emerge, they're emerging markets. It's the same with the women. Give them time. Yeah, it will, it will take ten or fifteen years to get to that level. But once they are at that level, watch out. Well, don't get me wrong. In that 10, 15 years, we then won't need a ladies series because the few, the generation at the moment coming through the JDC and the, the development tour will all roll into one. But the current crop of ladies need something to bring their game up. It, it, it's just just what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, there's some fantastic questions in it. Now, just some quick fire ones. It Big really questions. Is. is Shanghai Darts Masters a major? No, it is not. Um, nope. What else did I see? There was a couple in there. Will the World Championship ever move from the UK? Not for about a decade, unless somewhere else goes absolutely booming. The best chance you had of it leaving was through COVID, if we can get fans elsewhere. And Tommy also asked, should the PDC introduce what majors are? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what kind of words that question is? While you two Hashtag wait what's for your answer as well, I just want Hashtag to reply to John Ray as well. Said, I promised Michael Smith that if he wins a major, I would buy him dinner. I think you need to do the opposite to motivate him. He buys you dinner for every major he doesn't win. That, that's more motivation. But yes, should Hashtag the PDC what's... introduce what majors are? Now, anybody that's ever watched us before will know just how much of a talking point this is. They're all televised ranking or non They're all televised titles in Barry's land. We like to distinguish between ranking and non-ranking and, and classify them that way. Um, there's a network a broadcaster that are perhaps trying to push the idea that Call we've already seen snooker push by matchroom call it uh, out. that would like their triple crown oh, which is the match oh, play the world triple crown <laughs> sky called it the triple crown sky called it the triple yeah sky yes. called it the triple crown as soon as they lost the uk open to itv that's the reason why they did it no ifs no buts no otherwise the only reason why this mythical triple crown bollocks, to be quite frank, was invented was because they lost the UK Open to Sky in, in, in contract negotiations back in 2014. As soon as that happened, they created this mythical triple crown that does not exist. I appreciate people talking about this with the Masters and all this sort of nonsense, right, in, in, in snooker, but you cannot have a unranked invitational tournament involving maximum of 10 players that is classed as a major. It is not. Fact. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and in other news, the Triple Crown exists. 
It doesn't. <laughs> the triple Crown yeah, is a let's, nonsense. Let's, let's wait to break that one another day, perhaps, Barzi. Let's let's move yeah. on. Uh, Joe B, where yeah, will Barry look, to take ne- look next to take the PDC? He says, Italy, question mark. Now, Barzi, you spoke with the godfather that is Mr. Hearn himself uh, earlier on in the year, and he didn't give us any specifics, did he? But he just threatened global domination for 18 months. He's just going to go everywhere, isn't he? Yeah, he wants starts in every territory that he can. Short term, these will be more European based this year because of it's going to be easier to travel to European destinations. But so yeah, I think Italy has a great future in darts. We saw that at Q School. Um, the Italians were were magnificent. Um, Long term, we will see darts North America, South America, Asia, Australasia. If, if, if Barry can get a TV network to take it, we're going there. Mm-hmm. Plus, by the way, who doesn't want to see more of Daniele Petri? Please. Sergio Crassi, uh, please. Um, right. Uh, I like this question. Go on. How would on, you boys. make the order of merit fair, right? Too heavily weighted to the world. I completely agree. We literally had this conversation in our WhatsApp earlier after somebody tweeted us something saying they have completely restart every single year. No, it was David Rice. It wasn't David Rice. Oh, sorry. Yes, it was David Rice. Excuse me. Um, Yes, it was David Rice. And he's, yes, Uh, he said that it would be like football where they would start this every single year. And I am with them on that. I think that's a really good way. Because the reason why we like FDI, and by the way, if Lendl's in the chat room, uh, hi. Um, also, right, if, if yeah, um, the reason why we like FDI is because it... Oh, you love it, you're right. Um, if, um, Lend, if, the reason why we like FDI is because it's so... Um, what's it called? It's so it, it, it's so recent. It's so current, and it automatically always takes in the rankings and all this sort of stuff. And that's why we like it. Do that for the world. Do that for the, for the world rankings throughout the year, because that way then we don't have the situation of for one's a better phrase, a Rob Cross, where we get someone who was world number two for so many years because for two years because he had half a mil on his ranking by winning the world championship. I, I like that idea. I like the idea of resetting it every single year and then whoever wins the world championship is world number one. I, I, I like that idea. Really do. I... And I'd do something quite revolutionary. I'd change it to a points ranking list rather than a money ranking list. Keep the prize monies the same. Let's forget about money. Let's no. assign points values that are better ranked. No, look, players can earn what they earn from each event, right? I've, I've got no issue with no, it. Match the play, 10 grand no, is a very ma- good no, 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 the match play needs more prize money. The match play, need, yeah, the match play needs to be a minimum to of 200 grand. commercial agreements. I, I agree, that one needs raising, but that that's completely different. I think it should be a points-weighted system, depending on the event. The majors are more, perhaps more for the worlds and the world match play in terms of difficulty then we can fully establish what majors are as well because they will carry better weighting with the points. Keep it as a two-year list, but on the second year of the points being on your ranking, they get hard before they fall off. 
So your first, your most recent year counts for more. You get 100% yeah. of your most recent year and you get 50% of the points that you earned two years ago before you try and defend it that year. Problem solved. Our friends in the, our friends in the CDC in the chat room said it there, i.e. FedEx Cup, 100%. And that's yeah. how I do the yeah. race of the Premier League as well. You pick 10 or 12 events out of them all that are a separate ranking, like the race to the FedEx. And at the end of those events, if you're in the top 10, you're in the Premier League. And there's no wild cards, who's in, who's out. Um, so, yeah, no, I really like that. But just going back to the rankings, obviously, I don't know if people know and whatever, but the prize money is also based on the commercial deals that they do. William Hill pay a lot, lot more to sponsor the world because they're covering that prize money than Pay Power did for the Champions League over a weekend. So, obviously, so that, that all comes well, Yeah, so that all, that all comes into into that um, as well. Chat room's on fire tonight, everyone. Absolutely superb. so good today. So um, many of them are saying uh, how right I am tonight. I'm on fire. But that's Don't tell him that. Um, no. uh, there was a question. question. There was a question that I saw. We'll ride a cup there was a question that I saw. Happen. We would love that event. John, while you search for oh, the advice, you will debate a ride a cup. We've spoke about Europe this so often, and this would be absolutely freaking amazing because it gets legends involved as well. Because each year you have a new captain, whether it's um, UK against the rest of the world or however you want to split it and whatever. But first up, Dennis Priestley and John Parr as your two captains or whatever, and you have X amount of picks on a ranking. Captains get wild cards, literally everything like the Ryder Cup. That would be my kind of tournament for a weekend, and I absolutely love that. It would because then especially as with a Ryder Cup format, format we'd also get more pairs. I was about to say that you could do pairs. Yeah, do you know what? Here's a question. Here's the question that I was going to tee up for you, Gob. Hang on a minute. I know exactly what it was. Should the should the World Cup be all pairs? Yes, yes, it from Paul. should. And the answer? More pairs, yes. baby. Please. Just pairs. I don't care if it gives the opportunity for more shots to some of the big boys. I want to see these guys play on stage as a team. An environment, a dynamic we're not used to seeing. Somebody there to back you up if you miss darts. Somebody there to take the range. We've seen some fantastic captains, as you like, putting performances in pairs matches when they've gone down to it. Over the last few years, Kim Hybrex stepping up whenever he pulls on that Belgian shirt is just a different animal. Um, Van Gerwen trying to carry every man and his dog through. Um, look, <laughs> just more pairs, please. Also, as well, in also, the Ryder Cup format, you have to have a lady on your team so you can do a triple as well. Mm -hmm. Here's one as well, because this is a question about, like, because people talk about, um, Tommy was saying about should the PDC introduce different formats, you know, 301, 701, set play and all that sort of stuff. Look, you, you're asking me about, if you're asking me about set play, you know the answer to this question. More effing set play, please. Right. I'll now. tell you what, there is, one, um, there is one format that I would love to see, and it would be absolute carnage. One leg, 1001 shootouts. Winner stays on. 
Just went right. He's playing him. Winner goes through. One leg, thousand and one. Go. <laughs> Be interesting. I'd like to see that. One hundred percent. I genuinely love the stupid shootout for that reason. I can't just say genuinely. The chat room tonight is unreal. Absolutely unreal this evening. Um, it, question. A couple of questions actually. Go on. This go on. one for God. Go, Ollie says, guys, what's your opinion on having an average um, tournament bonus um, for the highest average in the tournament, similar to UFC do for knockout performances? Bonus on the night. Go <laughs> no. Go on, Gob. Go on, no. This one's yours, my friend. No. 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 And no again. Um, look, averages are a guide or a measure of performance. Um, but they don't ever tell the full story. The amount of players we saw losing at Q school with a better average than their opponent. Like, if I lose with, a, with the best average of the tournament, do I still get rewarded for that? Because all that means is that I've played okay on my legs and on my opponent's legs, I've scored ridiculous and they've played steady as. I, I, the sport is too concerned with averages from a very, very... Grassroots level now. Previously, you might get the odd person working out by hand in in Super League and that sort of thing and and working you out to county. But with the advances in technology that are now being used in darts, Dart Connect for one, all of the online websites you can use, NO1, all of your apps, your Rust Bray app and, and whatever else is out there, there's so much focus on a player's average. And I just think... It's not even relevant. The only thing that's relevant at the end of the day is if I'm holding a trophy or not. Well, I want to, yeah. So in short, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Couple of questions about the Champions League. Do we think it's going to come back? No. Um, Unless the. Unless the BBC agree a new deal for it, it ain't happening. So, Michael Van Gerwen will always be... We'll always talk about Wayne Warren being the reigning and defending BDO world champion. Michael Van Gerwen was the first person to win a belt. Won the Paddy Power Champions League or, belt. And he'll always be the reigning and defending Paddy Power Champions There's no World Series event, so ITV needs some fillers. I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Do you? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think the Champions League's back on ITV? Uh, I don't know, but I think it's... I know it was talked about last year um, from a very good source that it was talked about. To be fair, what have they got to replace? Six World Series events. If they don't go ahead this year, things that could happen this year, could we see like a mini-series of crazy events from ITV? Well, people could talk we about see the, the one the and one shootout? Could we see them create a pairs event and could we see them go... Here's the news of the World Tournament for the top 64. The one issue you've got here, they've got to find, the PDC have got to find commercial interest, sponsorship yeah. for it, and yeah. drive up a price one for it. Players aren't going to play in those three events for free just because it suits ITV getting some darts on the telly. No, no 100%. It'd have to be socially viable. This isn't really the right time to be looking for sponsorship, is it? Because we're still heading out of COVID, a lot of businesses just don't have the money and the all-out assault that the UK government is currently having on the gambling industry that, <laughs> let's be fair, darts relies on more than 
pretty much every sport in the world at the minute. Well, it's troubling to be creating about this, new cause... things. Oh. Yeah, because someone actually asked us in the chat room as well, saying that would they take the uh, World Series in just one place in Australia? I don't think we're going to Australia this year. Let's let's just leave it there now. New York, Copenhagen, unfortunately, again, and the World Series are off. Co- Copenhagen. Speaking of speaking of Copenhagen, yeah, New York, someone really asked, weirdly. Um, someone <laughs> said, "Are the PDC looking at Scandinavia?" Yes, a hundred percent. They did the yeah. Euro Tour event there. It went so well. That's why it was down to have a World Series event last year. Obviously, COVID pay and the, Copen- yeah, and the Copenhagen. Go- and the Copenhagen government are paying a fortune, so Barry's happy with that. Uh, right, yeah. moving on. Um, this is a good question, actually, about BT. Do you think they might bid? They might bid, but they ain't ever winning it. Sky will always... As long as Matchroom stays with Sky Sports for everything else, they ain't going to get there. Look, he didn't say PDC event, and that's my next thing. And it doesn't what, do necessarily have to be BT. There's at least three televised events to come from there that have shown in the past when the BDO ran them, do numbers on TV. People are interested. People want to watch it, right? It's it's not the same levels as the PDC World Championship, but the BDO Worlds in particular has an audience and will always have an audience. And whilst I can't quite see it going to BT, I could see it going to Amazon. The other one, though, is... There's a lot of talk at the moment that Eddie is not going to renew the matching boxing deal with Sky. Not confirmed, but when you listen to a lot of forums and that the, the, the matching boxing is deal because, is up this year. Yeah, because is that because he wants to take it direct to consumer with his own or matching uh, TV? Uh, the zone is the shout. Apparently, there's an offer from. Design to do the whole matchroom coverage worldwide. The match Design do pretty much everything else matchroom boxing apart from the UK. And look, this is and Eddie. If those if those that haven't, um, Eddie did an interview with Coogan from IFL a few days ago, and the, his answer because Coogan asked him this exact question: Are you renewing with Sky, or are you going with Design? And his answer was very telling without saying anything. I thought Dayzone were up the proverbial financially. Uh, look, it's a subscription-based service. A, I thought they'd had a and really year, bad year. And last year, when there was no boxing on, people weren't subscribing. So, yeah, I guess they didn't have a great year. But as sport comes but back... I remember... Yeah. And people want to watch... You think in America, the only way you can watch Canelo or Anthony Joshua is on the zone. So people are going to buy it. Um, and I, I want to get, I want to get, I want to, I want to get one question in. But I'll just say this about the zone when I say this: the Sky deal doesn't run out. I think until twenty twenty four. So we're going to have a little bit of time yeah, left look, for Sky to come in and do stuff. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> look, it's just playing with the, devil's advocate. That's all. The final question tonight is a really good one. Would you be bothered if the Premier League went? That's from Tommy. To be honest with you, yes. No. No. Yes. I wouldn't be yes. asked. Hey, hey, John, we've got to answer this question with two hats on. As a fan who is 
not really into As going a fan, and chanting no. in the arenas anymore and, and getting steaming and watching it on Sky and it's become incredibly stale, would I be disappointed if the Premier League disappeared and was replaced by something else or, or complete new regeneration? No. In terms of 16 weeks of repeatable content on a Thursday night with other yes, stuff chucking on fine. the weekend for what we do as as a as a thing here for online darts, oh, we'd miss it massively. <laughs> Plus, no, if I, the I, I don't disagree. What the bloody hell do we start talking about? What we're talking about next year's Premier League already. This year's hasn't even started, and we spent 20 minutes tonight discussing whether James Wade is in next year or not. What the bloody hell are we talking about if there was no Premier League? I don't. I don't disagree with you, but as a darting fan, I would not be asked at all. It is a touring circus. It is a made-up event for a broadcast network. And it would stop the Triple Crown debate. So I'm all for it. Get it out. Barzi's looking for the mute button, mate. You're getting binned up. <laughs> Well, Imagine me surviving think... for the winning at the Emirates Trophy Award and you getting binned off for this in the Premier League. Get it gone. <laughs> but that's uh, but that's another uh, yeah. But that's another story. We've already done two hours tonight, so thank you so much to everybody in the chat room. You've been amazing. We generally could have done we generally could have done another hour with the questions that you guys have done. Yeah, absolutely superb. I've loved tonight's show. It's been absolutely. Um, amazing. You guys have been absolutely tremendous in the chat room as always. And everyone now knows it is Live Lounge Mondays. Nothing else. That's all that matters on a Monday. Um, but just want to thank you all for coming along. We've got a couple of bits coming on this week. And yes, we will be doing the Super Series live again. That was one of the questions that came up massively as well. We will be doing that. So hang tight. We will be streaming again. Don't worry about that. You guys are asking for it. So we will deliver. But we're going to round up tonight's show. You guys have been absolutely immense. Thank you very much for joining us here on Monday. I've been Phil Vars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwin and Jala Feet. And as always, and we will see you next Monday, 8 p.m. for the live line.